Hello and welcome to the podcast series Raw Talent with me Fiona Abrahams where I'm deep diving behind the scenes into the careers, aspirations and inspiration of the many skilled and talented individuals who enable the fashion and creative industries to feed our passion for clothing and product. Throughout this podcast series I will be reaching out to the global community, exploring the industry through their eyes, asking people to share insights about the work they do, how they got started, their most compelling experiences, the trials and tribulations they have faced and overcome, who they have met along the way, the lasting friendships formed, the part culture plays in the work they do, and their thoughts on their futures and the future of the industry as we navigate the coronavirus pandemic. In Series 4, Episode 3 of Raw Talent, I am speaking with Tanya Robertson, founder of Womanhood, an online store showcasing a curated collection of fantastic lingerie by female founders, offering multiple sizes and styles, aimed at encouraging a positive underwear shopping and wearer experience. Womanhood reflects representation, authenticity, and women reclaiming their bodies, It is a joining of forces showcasing brands that share the aligned values of diversity, inclusion and body positivity. The aim is to build a community of confident, empowered women whilst championing diverse, ethical and independent brands who create their products with love. Tanya, welcome to Raw Talent. It's lovely to have you. Thanks. It's so nice to be here, Fiona. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. So, um, as we were just saying, the weather gods are not quite as happy as they were yesterday, but we're going to make the most of it. It's still nice outside. Yeah, I still got my skirt on and hoping for the best, but it <laughs> might be wishful thinking. <laughs> might be wishful thinking. We'll see how it all evolves. So we're going to jump straight into things. Tell us where you grew up and what inspired you to study film at the University of Sussex, which was kind of how things started out. Yeah. So I grew up in London, uh, born and bred, lived here all my life. Um, Snap! Yeah, really? <laughs> rare. You realise that we're rare. We I meet really so rare. many people that say to me, really? You, you're actually a Londoner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we are a rare breed. Um, Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> But I obviously, I went, yeah, I went to the University of Sussex, which wasn't too far from London. That's in Brighton. So I didn't leave the nest too far, really. Um, but yeah, I went there to study film. And for me, it was like, it, I basically just, I was bored of having to do the kind of typical English history, maths, or I don't know, one of the usual subjects that I felt like we were meant to do at university. And I wanted to do something different. And for me, that was different because that was kind of what my school expected me to do. That was the school I went to. But I wanted to do something that felt like that I actually wanted to enjoy. I was also the first year that had to pay nine grand at uni. So <gasps> wow. I wanted to actually make sure if I was spending that amount of money, I was going to love my course. Um, yes. But, but yeah, You're a it rebel. was very much- you're a rebel, really. Yeah. Aren't you? <laughs> Doing something different, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, and I think I always knew I wanted to work in the film industry as well when I was younger. I mean, that didn't last long, obviously, but um, that was kind of it. Made sense for me to go and study film at uni if I knew I wanted to move into that space. And then you didn't move into that space. No. How did things change? <laughs> 
Well, I did for a couple of years after I graduated. I worked. Um, I worked for a PR company, and we did the digital PR for Sony Pictures. Um, so I worked for them for about two years. Worked on some amazing films, lots of red carpets and the glitz and the glam of that world, um, which was amazing. But yes, when I was 25, I eventually quit the kind of route that I was on and decided to launch Womanhood, which was a complete jump into the unknown. I had no experience in any of the underwear world, e-commerce, running your own business, none of that. Um, So it was very much teaching myself from the ground up. Wow. What was the driving force at the start of your career? How did you sort of get to that point where you decided to do that? For me, I was always really curious and eager. So I always had Mm. that kind of passion to throw myself into the deep end and love doing things that felt like a challenge. But in terms of womanhood, it was a business that I had first kind of thought about when I was around 18 years old. I had always been fascinated by underwear, um, Mm. people in the changing room, how it made them feel, these negative connotations we were having with the first item of clothing we were putting on every day. And so for me, it was that myself, my mum, my friends, my sister, literally every woman in my life had the same story to tell of not having a good experience shopping for underwear. And I still meet women to this day who have, I mean, you've told me about your problems with shopping for bras and not being able to find pieces you like or so on. And everyone has a story to tell. So I was fascinated by the fact that we, as women, this first item of clothing we put on every day wasn't serving us well. Um, So for me, the, the business really came from a place of how do we solve that problem and how do we give women something that actually works for them? Yes, no, absolutely. It's it's a fascinating subject. It's almost as though sort of women have evolved, but lingerie shopping hasn't. Completely. Yeah, that's what I think about it. And everybody ends up going on a mad mission to find what they want, particularly if they are sort of outside of standard sizing. And that's where the big issue is, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, we see a lot of complications around sizing I mean I'm sure we'll come on to this but it is an issue for us and hopefully we're trying to combat that yeah fantastic um in 2019 um that was when you really became a woman on a mission and to yeah. get this started what is the inspiration and the ethos behind the concept of womanhood so like I said there was the personal experiences um yeah. I think I just really noticed that gap in the market. I'd spent years, well, in theory, the first time I kind of knew I wanted to do something in the industry was when I was 18, but then I actually launched the business when I was 25. So I spent a long time between that thinking about it, thinking about about what I could do and developing that concept. So for me, it came back to the same thing of how do we celebrate the real? How do we be kind of making the everyday aspirational and inspiring and not shying away from who we really are and giving women a space that felt safe to come and shop for underwear and know they can be themselves you know they don't need Mm. to look a certain way to belong or feel like you know they need to be slimmer or bigger boobed or bigger bummed or whatever stuff that we're being made taking those inhibitions away so women can just come and be who they are and not have to sort of face the intimidation of a changing room scenario with 
with girls that you know they look at and go gosh they're going to be judging me so yeah interesting um and what have you learned during this journey so so much um (laughs) I think I think one of the biggest things I've had to master is more around so I'm the only one um working on womanhood day to day still um and that means I am all the departments everything from Uh, media to finance to creative to whatever it may be um and trying to just ride that wave of managing it all has been a huge learning curve um and keeping consistent and finding the confidence to keep going because obviously there's times where I really feel like I can't do this or what am I doing or you know that roller coaster that you're on they say when you're a founder is is I mean it is massive um massive I I experience exactly the same thing on a daily basis I know exactly how you feel yeah so I think for me it's been about just trying to find that balance but also knowing when to ask for help I don't pretend that I can do it all um I don't want to do it all that would be a disaster if I did so (laughs) I think just knowing when I need to bring people on board um and put my hands up and say hey I'm not good at this let's get someone in who actually can own that space and do it a good job fantastic yeah it's so important to to recognize when you need to delegate and actually it you're you're kind of adding value to your business in doing so completely completely. yeah and it feels like for me like I I love the business so much I want to do it justice and if it's just me trying to figure it all out that's never going to work so it does need people coming on board and helping it grow yeah absolutely empowering people who share the vision it's 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 about that isn't it um and allowing them the the space and the room to to do their thing and that's all people ever want to do they want to be able to make a difference and have some influence and uh feel like they're enjoying it and that you're all on a shared journey together yeah yeah Yeah, very much so you've had a phenomenal customer response department stores traditionally owned the lingerie territory is the power of social media enabling you to create a new more convenient experience for people I definitely think we're solely online so I think the online element does lead into that but actually I think what's been so important in our success and building that relationship with our customers is that we listen and we try and respond to what people are saying and you know I'm constantly having a dialogue with whoever it may be whether it's on Instagram or emails or I don't know people getting in touch in all sorts of ways and actually taking that feedback on board to build our business to make sure that we're always providing something that actually people want rather than telling them what they need or how they should look or all those sorts of things so I think for us it's very you know it feels like a two-way street with our customers where we ask for feedback and we get and we respond um and if we didn't have that I think we'd be a very different business that possibly could look a bit more like a traditional lingerie brand but it isn't (laughs) that's fascinating and what kind of things do people tell you that they want Oh my gosh. I've become a bit of an agony on at the moment. I love it. Everyone, <laughs> everyone gets in touch to tell me all sorts. I mean, I've seen and I've heard it all now. And I'm quite, I feel very privileged that people feel comfortable enough to say that. It can be anything from, hey, I'm this size. Please, can you stop this bra? Hi, I need certain material. My nipples are really sensitive or I can't. Um, we had someone get in touch who 
uh, unfortunately has early onset Parkinson's and can't do their bras up at the back anymore. So could we try and find bras that you can close at the front? Um, Just amazing things like that, that I am grateful that our customers come and tell me what they want. Um, But also it's a good opportunity to actually feel like we're serving them rather than they're just there to help us and grow as a business. You know, it's very much going both ways. Which is exactly how all clothing shopping should be, really. (laughs) And it's going in that direction. I think one of the things I've seen through the podcast series is um, the fact that gone are the days of, you know, opening a a bricks and mortar store and just waiting for people to come in Mm. and stocking this bricks and mortar store with just whatever you you think. It is very much um, about the brand going out and courting the consumer Mm. and then taking on the customer feedback and I think we're seeing that across the market so it's it's quite fascinating how uh how clothing shopping has changed Definitely. over the last 10 years it's it's gone through a revolution really yeah absolutely it's yeah it's an interesting one you launched so you launched in 2019 with six brands which has grown to 12 brands mm. what are the considerations in deciding which new labels to stock so first of all, all of the brands we stock are female founded. Um, yeah. Really important to me. Um, that helps kind of curate our edit to make sure that they're all female founded. I love that we support women on their mission. Um, some of the businesses we stock are very much people at their kitchen tables, starting it up, trying to figure out how to make it work to those brands that have been around for 10 years and have kind of laid their foundations a bit more. Um, mm. But just, you know, the, the thing about female founder businesses is that they are creating bras that really are for customer needs. So often they start the design process based off problems they themselves have had. So as a kind of response, their products are so intelligently designed and using amazing materials and so consciously thought about. I mean, it's it's incredible what these women are doing. So the first thing we always look for is female founded brands. The second thing is whether they have a similar ethos to us in terms of how they speak about women, what you know, what does representation and diversity look like for them? How are they trying to empower their customer? All of those sorts of things. I want to make sure that we are all speaking in the same sheet, essentially, so it doesn't feel like we're just stocking someone for the sake of it, that it makes sense as a narrative. Um, and then there are other elements that I look at, such as obviously design, material, price, colour, like how the pieces would fit within the collection. Um, but, you know, I'm actively trying to grow it. So, yes, we started with six and now we've got 12, but we'll be continuing to expand that um, and bring in new brands as we grow, which is so exciting. That's fantastic. Which brands at the moment are proving the most popular and why? Our most popular brands at the moment are our sustainable ones. Um, I think that speaks for itself in terms of why people are wanting Mm. to shop that way. Um, Mm. I'm really glad they are. We have a sustainable edit on our website where you can just kind of scroll through all the sustainable brands that we have. For the most part, though, a lot of our brands are moving in that direction now if they weren't there in the first place. So, Mm. I mean, the components of a bra, there is something like... 20 to 30 pieces within a bra to make one individual bra so there's a lot of different elements that come into how you make something sustainable um but that you know those brands are now doing that which is amazing so our customers love that um and then the other things that are doing really well are colorful sets people are 
kind of I think a bit over your black and your white bras and looking for something that's a bit more of a match to your personality and your style so we have a British brand Dora Larson which people are loving um because it's very colorful um other brands that people really enjoy Lonely which is a New Zealand based brand um that do incredibly sort of delicate intimates that are very supportive as well and they do a huge array of cup sizes so those two brands are probably our most popular at the moment Fantastic. That's an intro. That's very interesting because they are both very colourful, very, very much fun. So it's interesting that people are looking for something a bit different. And do you get feedback about sort of the use of materials? Because I think sort of one of the things is climate, you know, in the cold weather, um, you've got perhaps one set of criteria, but when the weather's very warm, um, we sometimes go through spells in this country, like we did last year, of uh, sort of a couple of months of very warm weather. And, you know, what do people want in that scenario? Do they feed back and say, we want natural fibres? What do you get? What do you hear back from them? Definitely natural fibres is a big thing. Um, and especially in summer months, people tend to move away from underwire bras and more towards bralettes. Um, I think that's partly down to the fact that our bodies change shape quite a lot in the heat. So people like bras that they feel like don't restrict them, that they can actually kind of move with and be a bit more fluid with. So bralettes work really well for that. The material, we work with a lot of brands that use a sort of mesh or a microfiber, which is quite stretchy. And I think it's quite a, well, it feels like a relatively new material for people to be using. So customers are getting used to that as a product and how that looks and feels and are quite often surprised at how that works it's incredibly supportive but also super comfortable um it feels a bit like a kind of sports bra in terms of you put it on and you forget that you're wearing it kind of comfort when they're made from that sort of mesh so that's mm-hmm. something that people are definitely beginning to explore more of interesting that's very interesting yes because i think the materials is often one of the biggest issues for women with uh, when they're shopping for bras and being able to buy things that are durable and wash well and aren't going to kind of start to die after change shape and go a bit yeah definitely I think there is that as well just knowing that your bra is going to be durable (laughs) Mm, yeah definitely I mean luckily all our washing machines these days have a hand wash cycle which really helps doesn't it (laughs) So hopefully we can kind of overcome most problems with that. Um, 2020 was such a topsy-turvy year for us all. What did you learn through this experience? Yeah, 2020 was got me by surprise. The business had only been going for a couple months before COVID hit. So I genuinely had that moment of, oh, my God, this is it. It's over. You know, my business I've just built is suddenly going to collapse around me and la la la. But actually, the thing that became so important was repeat customers and the power of repeat customers and having that loyalty and the people who are already involved in your brand, how they can continue to support it. So for me, last year, it was really about regaining those customers and engaging them and keeping them sort of interact with the brand because they kept us alive during that time. And you know, that was that was huge. Um, I think the other thing that was really important was how nimble we could be, how quickly we could respond to situations. So whether that was from a financial point, what decisions did we need to make? But also uh, one thing I did was um, sort of change the ways we can speak to our customers. So whether that's a chat feature or um, sort of 
easier messaging, just making that dialogue much simpler meant that we were able to have a clearer communication with our customers. And actually, that really helped us a lot during that time. So 2020 showed me how important it is to make decisions quickly that can have an impactful effect on your business. That's interesting. Um, it was yeah, very much a challenging year. So you have had to find areas that you've needed to really pivot. Would you say the customer engagement has been just keeping conversations going has been one of the key things? Keeping conversations going and also just, I guess, keeping conversations going around sort of product, but also narrative of our brand. I think mm-hmm. making sure we supply the right pieces to our customers is one conversation we're having, but also just the conversation of womanhood is something on the topic of womanhood is something that we talk about a lot during our journal and our blog, our customers partake in all of our photo shoots and they share their journeys of womanhood and where they're at and what that means to them um so i think for us it was really about how we kind of tap into our customers at home both from a product standpoint but also kind of a brand piece of who we are and keeping that narrative alive so that yeah that conversation continues and i guess the brands have have had a plot a big part to play in this as well absolutely our brands i mean Yes, our brands have had a huge part to play in it. Um, they, how we worked with our brands during COVID completely changed. Um, we normally, how we buy is quite sort of methodical and has a normal calendar and we have certain buying windows and shipping windows and that all completely changed during COVID. So we've had to be all adapt and work together and make it kind of possible for all of us to continue. But thankfully we have very honest and open relationships with our brands. So we were able to, work with them through it all that's good and of course it's not just been covid it's been brexit as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> double whammy double, yeah i was about to say double whammy how have they navigated that to be honest brexit hasn't been so bad for us we don't ship internationally at this point um so we've had no restrictions in terms of customers and what we can send out getting products in has there has been a delay um but not massively so. And we were kind of, we had everything in place to make sure that was as smooth as possible. Um, but obviously there are financial implications of now importing goods, which we didn't have before. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very frustrating. We're hoping it all gets ironed out quickly. Yes. <laughs> um, as an online platform, how do you overcome the question of fit? Fit is definitely our biggest challenge. Um, it's, I mean, it's our biggest challenge and it's the industry's biggest challenge. Um, so I think there's two pieces there. For us, it's about, I mean, at the moment, it's very much people sending me emails, questions, um, trying to find the fit with them. But as we develop this year, we're going to be introducing um, a fitting technology, which will hopefully be able to make it easier for people to find the right fit for them. I can't share too much now, unfortunately, but we are actively trying to kind of work with ways of making it easier for people to shop online and find the right bra size. But I also think, you know, it's very much about how do we add resources to our website to help people find their right fit. So it's not just about what size you are, but also what shape you should be buying, what materials might work better for you, um, what sort of design might support you best. There's lots of different things that we can look we are looking at. Mm, and it's such a everybody's unique so no two people are the same which is always the challenge yeah. of the lingerie industry completely so, <laughs> yeah very 36b and the other 36b could look completely different so 
yeah, we are, it is, it is, yeah, there are problems with sizing in terms of like how people measure and so on and so forth and design different cup sizes and different shapes. But um, hopefully part of this fitting technology that we're going to be introducing will be able to combat those problems. Fantastic. I mean, there's some amazing new technology coming coming our way, um, particularly with advances in AI, and it's only going to get better and better and better. True. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of need it now. So yeah, that'll be something to watch. Fantastic. And you're currently speaking with investors with the mission of funding the next round of growth. How is this evolving, and what's the next milestone? Yeah, funding has been. Uh, I guess the biggest part of the roller coaster that I'm on. Um, it's it's a crazy experience. Um, I don't think I ever could have been prepared for how difficult it is. Everyone always tells you it's really hard, and you're like, yeah, but it can't be that hard. Yeah, it's really. <laughs> it was really really hard. Um, I think you know what we've been going through with funding has been to help us we've laid our foundations and how do we grow from here? Mm. Um, and those milestones look like several different things. So us internally, it's about building a team. Um, I'm so excited that it's not just going to be me anymore during the day to day. I can't wait to bring some brilliant minds on board permanently. Um, we're going to be increasing the number of brands that we sell, um, and developing our website. Like I said, with that fit technology, essentially doing what we do now, but just a bit better with, um, a bit more money behind it. Brilliant. Sounds very exciting. It's exciting, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a crazy time to be in because, you know, as when you're about to get funding, you know, all the things that are going to be happening or that you want to happen with the yes. business. And actually you're still in this little limbo state of not quite there yet. Yeah. So I, so, I sort of feel like I'm at a point with the business where I'm about to say goodbye to how I've known it forever. And now it's going to be growing and that's brilliant. I'm excited for it to grow and to ve- develop, but um, yeah, it's a funny time of seeing it transition into a different, different phase. Yeah, absolutely. But the core values will still be the same. It's, yeah. it's going to be amazing to have it grow and yeah. Sort of you know just uh, we live in this continually evolving world and I think as long as you're never standing still you're always going to have a place yeah I couldn't agree with that more yeah what has been your greatest achievement so far um I think every time a customer emails just or messages to say thank you um whether that's thank you for something they've bought or thank you for how womanhood makes them feel about themselves that is very humbling and makes me feel like I'm on the right path um I'll always reply to those people you know and make sure they know how appreciative I am of them taking the time to get in touch personally with the business I think another thing that was massive for us we maybe two weeks ago now we got some coverage in the BBC um I was talking about raising money um which more often than not you do with male investors and talking to male investors about bras as the piece said can sometimes be a bit awkward um so yeah the bbc covering us just gave us a whole new level of exposure that i was not prepared for but has been phenomenal for us um so that was massive Amazing. And it's a great subject matter, actually, in the fact that which we've talked about, the fact that we need more female investors. Big time. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'm there far and few between out there. I mean, not only do you need more female investors, you also need more female decision makers, yes. um, you know, within those more traditional VCs or more female angels, whatever it may be. I think there's definitely a, a shift of conversation around how do we support female founded businesses, but there needs to be the other side of it as well, which is females actually the ones who can give the money and make that an opportunity. Totally, totally. And it should always be, I always believe all businesses Every, every institution we have should be equally 50-50 male-female. Yeah. Why do we not have that? Of course we should have that. Yeah. Because the world becomes a completely different place. It all becomes about unity and shared experience. And men and women bring different components mm-hmm. in life. And so if you, can, if you can thread that through everything that we have, what an amazing world we'll have. Yeah, maybe, better balance for sure. Yeah, maybe Britain can be the for, the, the forerunner for that because that would be an amazing thing to see. We, it's happening a lot, but there's a long way to go still. Mm. So Definitely a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, there is, unfortunately. So, uh, but, you know, if we all keep chipping away, that's the answer. Yeah, agreed. Fighting that fight. <laughs> yeah, totally. To make it happen. That's 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 what it's that's the mission. That is very much the mission. Share with us an unexpected turn of events that delivered surprising results. Um surprising results always come through new connections. Um, I mean, I was even speaking with you about my world and womanhood and the journey that I'm on, and you introduced me to some amazing people like John Hoffman. Um, and those introductions always lead to amazing conversations and more introductions um so I think one thing I've really learned is that you've always got to be talking to people about what you're doing because you never know who someone might know how they can help you even if you think they can't sometimes there's always something there that's definitely worth following up um so yeah as long as you're kind of I hate the phrase networking but as long as you're networking and always talking to people about your business things can come through that which is often amazing yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing how sort of the most seemingly fleeting interaction with somebody can end up leading to something that becomes massive for you. And it's very often the fleeting conversations that lead on to the biggest things. And who'd be at the top of your list of new brands or new products to incorporate on the platform? In terms of new products, one area we haven't explored at all that is really important that we do is mastectomy bras um post-surgery bras yeah i get a lot of people asking for those um it's a very you know what's out there at the moment feels quite basic let's say um in terms i mean function they work but for at a time when people possibly feel quite vulnerable or going through something, actually being able to wear something you want to wear um, and that you enjoy wearing, there's not much option out there. So we've been actively looking for amazing mastectomy and post-surgery bras. Um, So Mm. hopefully we'll be bringing those on board this year because um, I definitely think we should be in that space and we're not at the moment. Fantastic. That sounds great. And are there brands out there? Yeah doing there are so there are actually brands that you can bring on board that are doing yeah, this That's there are there are a couple brands that have just launched that we've been speaking to um on and off for a couple of months now so we're waiting for them to get their production lines up and running and then hopefully we'll be launching with them soon 
Oh, that's lovely. And new brands. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, really exciting. And it's so exciting to be there with those founders at the very yeah. beginning of their journeys and talk to them about sampling and sizing and colors. I mean, it's just, yeah, I feel very lucky that I get to work with people at the early stage of their journeys and have that exposure to them as they're going through that process. Which is really beneficial for you because you're kind of giving the market feedback. Yeah. So they then know what they need to be doing, which, I mean, gosh, what a godsend. Yeah, it definitely feels like a, a brilliant relationship to have in terms mm. of us being able to kind of work with them and understand everything about the product in such mm. sort of fine detail, but them also getting access to us and our market and how we understand our customers and that exposure through us. Um, so, it, yeah, it's a very sort of lovely relationship that we have with yeah. our designers. Just mutually beneficial. Yeah. and They feel like they're part of something bigger you're really excited to be able to introduce something new and very much needed in the market. So how wonderful. <laughs> it just works perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> very much a win-win. Yeah. And aside from that, what can we look forward to from Womanhood in, as 2021 unfolds? So not only more brands and styles and sizes, um, I think the big thing for us is going to be building the team. Um, I mean, I guess that's something I can look forward to more than other people. But I think <laughs> I think as the team develops, the business will develop with. Um, so that's really exciting to think about kind of all the things that can come with bringing more people on board. Um, yeah. As 2021 20, unfolds, we'll definitely be doing more photo shoots with our customers. Um, like I said, they, they take part in all of our shoots, which are all yeah. unedited and unphotoshopped. Um, so we will be definitely doing more of that this year when we can obviously covid restricted how much we could do that before um so that's really exciting because those are my favorite days getting to meet people and you know have that conversation yeah. with them and watch them take part in the shoots often people turn up and they're so nervous or yeah and then suddenly it's like that inner beyonce comes out and they just love it and they're you know they're in their element and they're feeling Aww. really powerful and beautiful which they always are but yeah it's, it's an incredible experience to be a part of that's so lovely I love that they're in a Beyonce comes out yeah <laughs> fantastic because I suppose they're sort of with lots of people who are equally enthused about the, the shoot and what they're about to do that's so lovely we sometimes get people who have told their friends that they're doing it sometimes people haven't so there's a lot of different emotions but often the way we do the shoots is um we have people rolling coming in throughout the day and they'll often see the person before them doing a shoot um and the women sort of talk to each other and they say like good luck or you'll be amazing or you look great and there's this kind of whole little camaraderie that happens on our shoots and a lot of cheerleading I mean I just become a massive cheerleader for everyone so (laughs) it's yeah it's a really fun day yeah so they're really empowered that's brilliant and it's a lovely way to sort of lead into our closing question which is this if you could hire any three people in the world to lend their expertise who would you choose and why okay I thought about this a lot and I think my answers might be a bit cliche millennial but possibly for good reason (laughs) so I think the first person I'd say would be Emily Weiss the founder of Glossier she I have just huge admiration for how she's built a business that has incredible customer networks and that repeat customer and people who want to be part of the brand and that loyalty so I think having her would just be amazing and such a huge asset 
The other person that I was thinking of is Eva Chen. She um, is head of fashion partnerships at Instagram. You know, we are a digital business first and foremost. A huge portion of our marketing and how we operate and communicate comes through Instagram. So I'd love to have her and her insight and knowledge of the platform. Um, and then someone that I have huge respect for is Whitney Wolf Hurd, the founder of Bumble. Um, you know, we recently heard that she IPO'd her business, the success of that and the growth of everything from the ground up and her story of leading, leaving, sorry, um, Tinder to start Bumble, just all of those things and her experience of kind of taking your business from nothing to something huge would be a huge asset to us. So yeah, those are my, my three amazing women. Um, no surprise. I choose all women. <laughs> No, and they're great choices and really, you know, they're trailblazers and, you know, that's what we need. So thank you for sharing all your incredible insights. Uh, We wish you um, lots of exciting times ahead with the growth of the the business. And Thank you, Fiona. It was such a pleasure to be here and talk to you. Oh, it's been lovely to have you. Looking forward to seeing how everything evolves. Me too, me too. It has been super insightful talking with Tanya today. She is blazing a trail by creating a unique platform curated for women to facilitate essential purchases that many struggle to make through established or traditional channels, which are perhaps too impersonal in today's world to accommodate the breadth and depth of different needs when it comes to lingerie shopping. Womanhood is built on the values of diversity, inclusion and body positivity, championing female-founded brands that are often solving a problem to accommodate women's needs focused around style, comfort, functionality and use of materials. Colour plays a key part with Dora Larson and Lonely proving the most popular brands right now. Repeat customers are a tribute to womanhood's success and in 2021 we can look forward to the launch of a new fit technology, new brands, new styles and sizes whilst Tanya is busy building the team in the background. If you enjoyed this episode, join me next time when I'll be speaking with Mel Williams, founder of licensed clothing brand Fat Candy. And if you are enjoying the series, hit the subscribe button to receive notifications on upcoming episodes where you'll get to hear first-hand insights from across the global fashion and creative industries. 